everybody. Happy New Year for 1997. We finally made it through the Ben years and we're now progressing into the Nintendo 64 era, but I do not venture this alone. Say hello to possibly permanent co-host for the foreseeable future, Ivan. Hello, everyone. And we are looking at issue 92 of January 1997 of Nintendo Power. Did I say what this is? Did I say what this podcast is? This is Nintendo Power, the playing with power, the Nintendo Power retrospective podcast. I may never get used to hosting. (laughs) That's right. How many issues in are you? That's all right. You'll get it eventually, Mike. I have faith in you. Ah, thank you. (laughs) And the cover game is Star Wars Shadows of the Empire with Mm. a heavily armored Dash Rendar on the cover rocking the the man stubble that, that... that professional mullet. It looks more like a Ken doll with armor on. Yeah, and what is this armor? Is he wearing beef jerky? <laughs> yeah, beef jerky on his shoulder blades over uh, uh, armor that covers what looks like just goes down to about his belly button or so. And then from his belly button on down, he looks kind of like the thing. He's got, yeah. like, this checker Yeah, he looks pattern. like the Shocker from Spider-Man. You know that guy that dresses up in the quilt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely, he's rocking, like, if Ben Grimm had, like, assless chaps. <laughs> this yeah, is, this was... <laughs> gay pride Grimm. Yeah, damn straight, baby. And from what I can tell, he's got quite the package. Oh yeah, uh, that's why that's why he's dressing up like a like a gay pride float because he wants to just charm his enemies rather than kill them. But he's got yeah. a he's got a a space luger ready if his abs and his quilt package don't do the job. Yeah, that's right. It, it's it's a very uh, unique take on armor. Cover I, the chest and leave everything else available. I know it's like someone just it's like someone forgot to mention this is armor for a man in a video game not a woman in a video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it leaves something to be desired. And I'm not entirely sure how he's holding that gun either. Take a look at that. It, it almost looks like he's got two fingers on one side grabbing with a thumb on the other. Is he holding his pinky out like it's a fucking cup of tea? <laughs> I think he is. <laughs> Ooh, hello. I am oh so delicate Dash Rendar, enjoying a nice outward social in Mos Eisley Spaceport. He, he's elegant. He's holding that like a fucking mint julep. He's about to get a case of the vapors. Very good. Oh my gosh. What else is on the cover? N64 Super Score with NBA Hang Time. Best matchups. And cruising. Cruising. USA. Coast to coast. Oh, and the N64 titles that are going to be unveiled when NP goes inside Shoshinkai. You pronounced that very well. I'm impressed. Huh? Yeah. All, 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 right. all, all my impressions are rooted in the best authenticity I can deliver. It only comes <laughs> off as racism because of my incompetence. Yeah, there you go. 
and my lack of regard Japanese Canadian and my lack of regard for Asians. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, that too, of course. <laughs> um, what right. else do we got? Mario Kart 64, a six-page test drive with a bonus pull-out calendar. Mm. And we get to explore Krematoa in DKC3. Man, as if, as if there wasn't enough banana on this page. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of bananas, and then there's the DKC promo. Uh, well, we've analyzed everything on the cover. What the hell's on the inside cover? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, I'm looking at it, and my first thought is, this looks pretty cool. You got uh, N64 graphic Bowser breathing fire on a school bus, and you got the perspective where you're in the bus looking out the window. Also in the bus are, you know, half dozen kids or so and the bus driver. The only problem that I got with it is only the bus driver is looking at Bowser. Everyone else is looking in random directions. Like, everyone was told, just sort of scream. There's a Bowser. And everyone thought, yeah, I'm looking right at him. And no one said... No, only one of you is. <laughs> I mean, two of them aren't even looking. One of them is looking directly opposite Bowser. The Asian kid might be the only one who's at least aware that Bowser is present. Right. Yeah, the blonde at the at the front of the picture there, staring totally opposite. Like he's just seen Mary Jane take off her shirt or something. Because <laughs> that's not even horror there. It's like... Yeah! Holy shit! Yeah! I saw boobies! That's right. Then the black kid is looking <laughs> over his shoulder like, Oh my god, I just saw her boobs in the mirror! <laughs> man, there's like boobs in the in the, in the the window reflection, man. That is just so cool. <laughs> but he knows yeah. better than to turn around. Everyone else is just trying to be... <laughs> this is like the 12-year-old equivalent of being subtle. <laughs> they're, they're all just overreacting at the reflection. Only the blonde kid is just like, I'm going to get some eyeball on some titty. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, on the opposite right. side, we get to see what looks like Rick Moranis on Safari. Mm. As the, uh, the tour guide, walkabout guide, bus driver. No, no the bus driver is like assistance. The chauffeur, if you will. That's right. To the left, we have the Grand Canyon, and to the right, we have... Oh, my fuck! <laughs> to the right, we have a fucking dinosaur! <laughs> yeah. Or what, what What? should be a dinosaur. In some uh, instances, it's just Dennis Hopper. <laughs> oh, man. We, we need to, like, do, like, a Nintendo game review section on this show like where we just like review Nintendo games that became either movies or fan movies because mm. that movie wow yeah absolutely kind of a, a spin-off to the spin-off put it on the taste test feed <laughs> uh, so, and anyway the moving on table of contents guide it's kind of yeah a nice revision from previous episodes this is a, a decent table of contents. It's readable. Yeah. It's got some good inserts. Let's you know yeah, uh, little previews of what the games are coming up. The you clip gotta, art is less 
less Windows 95 and more Windows 98. Yeah. And the background isn't uh, obscuring the font in any way. Read this very nicely. This is good. Yeah. I, I do have to ask, though, what's going on with Mario's expression? <laughs> yeah, he's looking over his shoulder like, yeah, I'm going to get that guy. Well, I think it's like he he farted. <laughs> and he knows that the person riding right. right behind him is going to get... Is gonna get a, a, a an invisible surprise. Yeah, you don't know how I got that turbo boost, but you will enjoy 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 yesterday's chorizo. Mmm, <laughs> I love me some chorizo. Uh, and now for the inserts, we get to see Dash Rendar looking quite like Kurt Russell in Escape from Mos Eisley. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's definitely like modeled after Snake Plissken. Yeah, I, I'm ashamed to say I never saw any of those Escape From movies. I know the reference, but I only saw Escape from L.A. without seeing Escape from New York. Yeah, shame. I'll have to, I'll have to remedy that someday. And underneath we get to see Star Fox 64 and what appears to be Tur- um, Turok? Or I don't know. I, I looked at that. I looked at that and I'm thinking King's Quest Eight. <laughs> I never got to play those games. I barely got uh, to play Monkey Island. King's Quest was a... I, I, I would give it a... I would, I would recommend 5 through 7 as a, a, re- a nice retro easy adventure. Eight was their attempt to go into the the 3D isometric world, and I, I wouldn't really recommend it unless you're a big fan of the series. Emphasis on attempt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it was the early days of that uh, technology, and it showed it. And then we get to see Mario 64 with, with Toad driving through Bowser's castle and apparently collecting N64 logos. <laughs> yeah, was that how they got the power-ups? It's like just collect fun, just collect our just collect our startup logos. Yes. Please bond with this logo, identify with it. Uh, speaking of bonding, the Player's Pulse magazine. I am bonding to this artwork. Mm. I get to see Tracy Yardley doing an excellent... It looks like a combination of Nestor and Link. Yeah, it's about it. I, I, I'm i not really wild about This wasn't the one that drew my attention. Eh? It's certainly competent. Oh, yeah, it's He's not got a real anime expression on his face. You know, the mouth... As wide open as his face there, as he it's yells. A, it's a good beginning. And, it's uh, a good beginning. And then we got the Yoshis from Yoshi's Island. Yeah, that and one looks all good. of them, this is like fucking resplendent. Excellent color palette. Good use of the dinos. It all looks fantastic. We see a stork in front of a quilty moon. Yeah. Carrying Mario and Luigi. I mean, it really... Escorted it, by the, by the uh, Yoshis. It matches the palette of the game is what I like the best. It it really makes you feel like you're... It's a nice homage. It makes you feel like you're looking at a screenshot almost. You know, clearly a drawing, but they got the style down pat. 
Yeah, and then for me, oh my fuck, we got Peach from from Mario RPG looking great, but the the Don Mega, the supreme artwork on this page, is the Chrono Trigger fan art with Robo letting out steam like he's a like he's a steampunk robot. Luca asking where the heck is Chrono when Robo answers his hair would not fit on the envelope. <laughs> And then Frog asking, where hath Magus gone? While we get to see a young Magus looking at Frog and calling him Wart. So that's a nice little Mario 2 diss. Mm. <laughs> Good job by Brandy J.J. Stetz. From Hughesville, <coughs> Pennsylvania. And, and the Princess Stetz. Peach art, which looks like it may have been done by the computer, but yeah, it still so. looks great. No, and it's it done by... Oh my god, what a handle on this kid. Oh, wait. It's done by Firquin N.C. Root, who also wrote a letter that we're going to be getting to soon. So, let's begin with the letters. All right. All right, Ivan, so, tell us about the 64 double Ds. Well, I, I like to go... Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, of course. We didn't get jiggle uh, physics until the, until the PlayStation 1. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's what the vibration battery is really for. <laughs> All right, I have been a Nintendo six or Nintendo. Yeah, I have been a Nintendo fan since 1986 when I got my NES and have since owned the SNES, Game Boy, and now the N64. I am not writing to tell you how great I think the system is. I am writing to voice my concern about the upcoming 64 Double D. After waiting through numerous delays for almost two years, I finally got the N64, only to find out that at the end of the month, the 64 Double D would be shown in Japan, and that if I wanted to play the good games, I would have to shell out another $200 for a system add-on. If Nintendo had no faith in the cartridge format and was planning to go to discs for games, they never should have brought it out as a cartridge-based system to begin with. I think I speak for many people when I say that no matter how good the 64 Double D might be, I refuse to spend money to upgrade my system that is only one month old. In the entire history of video games, there has never been a successful add-on for any system. Period. End of discussion. <laughs> All eventually failed because the consumers don't want to spend extra money to upgrade their systems. In closing. Let me remind Nintendo that simply because they put their name on something, it is not assured of being successful. David Vargas from the Genesis. <laughs> or via the internet, sorry. Whoa! Hold your horses, David, they respond. Your concerns seem a bit premature since it will be some time before the 64 Double D is released here in the U.S. No one is asking you to upgrade your system, you sensitive fuck. Virtually every current <laughs> game in development for the N64 is for the cartridge format. Here at Nintendo, we have seen the sad fate of many different video game add-ons from Sega and have learned our lesson. We won't release the 64 Double D until there are several quality titles that take full advantage of the unique functions. This month's Shinshokai wrap-up gives a few more details. Relax, enjoy your N64, and keep an eye on Nintendo Power to give you the true scoop on the 64 Double D. 
and no more funny business. I have two things to say, good and bad. First, the bad. I know you will kill me for saying this, but I hate the comics. <gasps> I do want to kill him. If you want comics, buy a comic book. Fuck you. This is a video game mag and not a comic book. It also takes up valuable pages of the magazine. The mag has been getting shorter and you shouldn't waste the remaining pages with comics. I think Epic Center is great and really interesting, but I wish there would be less on Super Mario RPG and Secret of Evermore. Oh, you're on the fighting side of me now, you cunt. <laughs> now on to the good. The rest of the magazine rocks. This does not earn you forgiveness. I second Mike Stewart, volume 89, on the fact that it doesn't matter that classified information doesn't have a manila folder background. It matters what is in it. Keep up the good work. Eric Vorkink, via the internet. I like how they didn't even bother to respond. Good, he doesn't deserve it. Doesn't That's deserve right. to be... Re uh, they were, must have been really short if they were printing up his letter. <laughs> All right, next we have from the aforementioned Furquin NC Root. God, Princess that is like who? such a fucking handle right there. Oh, absolutely. All right, Furky writes, Okay, I have <laughs> been wondering fire. about... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Furky Root. I have been wondering about this for a while. What is the princess's full name? As far as I know, her name is Princess Toadstool, and I've been calling her that for as long as I can remember. But recent events, Super Mario 64, have stirred me to think otherwise. In Super Mario 64, the princess calls herself Peach. Then I remembered back to Super Mario Land when she was called Daisy. She was also called Daisy in the Super Mario Bros. movie, which, in my opinion, was as far from the original storyline as possible, and so unlike Mr. Miyamoto's original world. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the story? Is the princess's full name Princess Daisy Peach to Toadstool? Is Peach just a nickname only her close friends like Mario can call her? Oh, Daisy, you are tasting so good like a peach. I'm going to the Mushroom Kingdom, gonna eat me a lot of peach. <laughs> Was it Miyamoto's idea to call her Peach? It would help to know since I'm writing a fanfic about the princess's background. And I'm only gonna masturbate to it twice. <laughs> and they respond. Obviously, there have been several different damsels in distress in the various Mario games. He likes to spread his attention around. Pauline was the original in the Donkey Kong arcade game. Princess Toadstool first appeared in the U.S. version of Super Mario Bros., but her Japanese name has always been Princess Peach. To help create a more universal identity for the princess of the Super Mario Bros. series, we decided to start calling her Peach here in the U.S. too. Oh yeah! Princess Daisy from the Game Boy Land series is another princess altogether. Yeah, we all know Daisy is is Luigi's girlfriend. And, yeah. And before you move on to the next letter, I gotta ask, um, when did Nintendo have a crossover with the Thundercats? <laughs> did I miss something? Because <laughs> as sure as I'm sitting here, there's Tigra sitting next to some princess, Daisy, Toadstool, who knows. <laughs> it's Cat and Nina from Breath of Fire 2. An excellent <laughs> Super Nintendo RPG. Mm. Well, you'd be our resident expert on that, so. Uh, it was one of the best RPGs that ever came out. Good music. 
he even had like an auto combat control so when you're going mm. through the grinding you can like zone out a bit nice and it, since we're on the topics of the other artwork on this page underneath we have some pretty damn good uh angry nintendo mascots you got samus priming up her beam cannon Diddy Kong giving you like the mean mugging while looking away from you, like fuck you looking at. <laughs> yeah, and then Mario's guys, like, a sure. dead man, that's what I'm a looking at. While he's priming up a fireball and pointing out exactly where that fireball is gonna be going. Mm. And then we got Link just Okay, well everything was looking good, but Link seems to be holding like the very, very end of the hilt of the Master Sword. <laughs> Like, he's not even fully grabbing the hilt. Like, he's trying to balance it in his palm, but it's upside down. Yeah, he's got the master shovel there. <laughs> it's just got a, a sword's ha uh, handle for some odd reason. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to dig this grave with the master shovel. Uh, he's the, Guess he's who's the, going in it. He's the master shovel knight of Hyrule. Mm. And that one's done by Michael Wing of Calgary, Alberta. What state's that in? <laughs> Uh, but I think the real prize goes to the pencil crayon art that is Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. No, yeah. wait, this is Tetris Attack, because we get the Tetris things in the background. No, but you're so, absolutely right. It's a mashup. The, yeah, Yoshi's you got the Island. Flame, the Yoshi's Island uh, flame creature that comes out of the lava, as well as the flaming Shy Guys. Yeah. Pretty well, good. they must be like background creatures of the... Uh, like, you know how they always have to have, like, some art background art for these uh, puzzle games? Because a simple blank background would let you realize just exactly how dull this game is. <laughs> so this is supposed to be, like, what's on the other side. Yeah. Where the puzzle's in the background, and they're all just like, what the fuck is these blocks? But it looks phenomenal. Excellent lining, shading. Uh, for pencil crayons, this is just prime. Like, I, I, it's damn near flawless. I'm a big so, fan. So tell me about comics. Speaking of drawings. Uh, dear Nintendo people, I just got issue 89 a few days ago and I love the comics. Mm -hmm. I'm already loving this person. I can't wait for the next part. Thank you for bringing the comics back. I have a few questions and comments. For the next comic, you should make a Donkey Kong comic. That would be great. You know what? I agree. We saw Zelda get a comic. Mario got a comic. Wouldn't it be great to see DK get a comic? Yeah, I'd be up for that. Regarding the letter printed in issue 89 from Mike Stewart, I like them in a love folder background, and I think tons of other people did too. Three, I like the article about the Hyrulean adventure, but I think you should make an adventure on the World Wide Web. That's a nice complimentary way of saying keep it out of the fucking magazine. <laughs> in the section with the interview about Mr. Miyamoto, it talked about his band. Could I get a tape of his band singing? Or is it in Japanese? Remember to always play it loud. David Blair via the internet. Yeah, oddly enough, he's uh, he was born and raised in uh, San, Fer San Fernando, California. I don't know why he was always uh, described as being Japanese. <laughs> David, in your questions, one, obviously the jury's still out on the comics. Some readers love them, others hate them. We will only run comics that have a strong connection to video games, so a Donkey Kong comic sounds like a great idea. Also, everyone should know that we are not sacrificing any game information for the comics. 
game strategies always take priority for us in editorial planning. We just so don't lay have off. That. We just don't. Fucks. We just don't have that much. That's why we need the filler <laughs> comics. That's right. <laughs> Two. We have received a lot of mail about bringing back the vanilla envelopes. Give it up, people. They're gone forever. Oh, Harsh. fucking laying down the smack. Oh, they laid down the law. Three. We have some adventures. We have some great plans for adventures on the web and on AOL. Stay logged on for details. Number four. Sounds like an interesting item for the Superpower Supplies catalog. If we got enough requests for it, maybe we could get Mr. Miyamoto in the studio. Of course, he's so busy, a recording project like that would be sure to delay the sequel to Super Mario 64, and we wouldn't want that. Well, guess what? We fucking did. <laughs> That's right. So pick your poison. Can get one or the other, but not both. We didn't get the Miyamoto tape or the sequel to Super Mario 64. He was too busy trying to do both. You greedy people. <laughs> oh, tell All me right. about the powerless charts, please. All right, powerless charts. I really enjoyed reading the power charts part of your magazine to find out what games people like. But it's starting to get ridiculous. Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past is a great game, I admit. But it's been in the top 10 for 57 months. Because it's a fucking Yawn. classic. <laughs> Same thing with Metroid 2. It's a good game, but it's been on the chart for 59 months. Don't you people get tired of these games? Like I get tired of seeing it myself? <laughs> Don't you think the same as I do? Doesn't everybody? I mean, I am a person on the internet. I, I can afford know. the internet. My opinion matters. <laughs> You should have a limit on how long a game can be on the charts. Power charts should be for games that aren't more than two years old. Hmm. Okay, and they respond. We would really like to put... Our foot up your ass. <laughs> yeah. Newer games on the chart, but it's hard to justify putting a game on the chart if it doesn't get the votes. I mean, it's not our fault that we haven't come, on up, come up with any better games that can supplant these. Or any good <laughs> games the, at all the last few years. It's the mid-90s, and we've already long since peaked. The fact is, our vo readers are still voting for the classic games you mentioned as their favorites. Again, because we haven't given them any reason not to. Also, keep in mind that SNES Legend of Zelda was just released as a player's choice title. So many players might be discovering it for the first time. Because we never stop talking about it. That's right. And they may have been living under a rock. Please, God, let there be many living under rocks. We need them. <laughs> living under rocks, but with disposable income. <laughs> there you go. As long, right. as, your, as long as your rock has a, uh, has a reasonable address written on it, we'll send you a magazine or a power <laughs> supply catalog. Wanted yeah. game testers with a strong stomach. Oh God, are we going to be real? Are we going to be testing like Barf Man too? Yeah, we're going to have the toenail jar back. I was wondering if I could receive some information about being a beta tester. I know I'm definitely too young now, but I wanted to know what kind of requirements were necessary to become one. One of the few things I am really interested in life is video games. They always attract me somehow. I will admit that certain games make me want to throw up after a while and some are too confusing. Are you sure you're not epileptic and just not diagnosed? <laughs> but I enjoy role-playing games, most sports games and adventure action games, so I was just curious if you could do that for me. From Liam Knapp. 
Huntington Beach, California. To which they respond, You'll have to have a little stronger stomach to make it as a game tester, Liam. Keep in mind, some games and testing have so many bugs they aren't fun to play yet. So they're certain to make you lose your lunch. Also, you'll need to have a cast iron stomach to survive the pizza and junk food your average tester consumes in late night testing sessions. Oh, let's talk about riding high this insert, which is poorly lit despite the fact that they are outside. <laughs> and wearing white. You can oh see everything God. except their faces. It's like the children of the corn on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you don't take, tell me I'm wrong. I think that's no, pretty, you're not wrong. That's a pretty darn good description. Uh, the white pride nation on holiday. <laughs> yeah, the Ar- where the they Aryan went family. Doodle ding. White power. Doodle ding. Doodle ding. Volume 80 players, I'm sure they're nice kids. I hope they are. That's right. They're nice kids on both sides of this photo. Oh, my gosh. Volume 80 (laughs) players poll contest winner Kevin Brismere was taken for a ride this past summer. Kevin and his family won a trip to the front of the line to ride all the roller coasters at Magic Mountain in sunny, sunny Southern California. That's pretty sweet. Kevin and his sister Gwen sat in the front car on every ride they took, including the 70-mile-an-hour Viper roller coaster. The weather was so hot that later in the day, everyone cooled off at the nearby water park. If this wild ride sounds too good to be true, check out this month's Players' Poll Contest. It has to be the coolest ride in North America. And here we get to see... What <laughs> we get to see Kevin Brismere and his family getting VIP seats on the Viper at Magic Mountain just before being completely vaporized by the nearby atomic bomb testing. <laughs> they look happy about it though. What pretty like, orange colors. If you're gonna die anywhere, wouldn't wouldn't be on a wouldn't riding on a fucking free roller coaster at the front line be among the better ways to die? Yeah, well, I don't know. I go at it the other way. Anytime I get on a roller coaster like that, I feel like I'm fucking going to die. <laughs> I don't really do well with those things. So, we skipped past the power charts. I don't think we need to dwell on it, but... We can do the top three. From the well, Nintendo 64, Super Mario 64, to Wave Race 64, and trailing behind our beef jerky Snake Plissken, Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> That's right. SNES, still around, still kicking. Donkey Kong Country 3 coming in at number one. Zelda, Link to the Past. Just to piss you off, you little bastard. (laughs) Fuck you, Rick Zad. That's right. And eat Super Mario RPG at number three. That's right. Uh, Game Boy, top five. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. I played the fuck out of this game. No wonder it's number one. Metroid, oh, Donkey Kong Land 2, with uh, everything looking kind of orange and terrible. And then Metroid 2, Return of Samus. I wish that they let them finish that fan edit that was doing like a, uh, a colorized console version, a colorized uh, computer version of it. But Nintendo shut that project down. Yeah. Ah. So, Star Wars, Shadows of the Empire. We got some well-drawn Han Solo and Luke Skywalker inserts. Yeah, absolutely. Those are Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill for sure. And here we get to see, I think, Prince Zizor. And God, in this 
photo with especially with the raised eyebrows and that jawline and that mouth he looks like dr frankenfurter <laughs> just imagine him with like a little darker lipstick on it looks like a, a slightly more human version of skeletor <laughs> just a little bit of flesh you mean fle- you mean fleshator that's right <laughs> Uh, and underneath, we have someone, it doesn't say who they are, but he kind of looks like a, uh, like a slight, like a live action version of the aliens from Mars Attacks. Yeah, I'm getting more of a Borg vibe from Star Trek. You see the little uh, metal tube coming off the back of their head. You got the f- eyebrows that are metal instead of... Uh, hair got the pasty gray feet the tone on their face i thought that may have been like a a misplaced like hand like he was holding his hand up and it's just in the shot could be it's a not not the great greatest drawing there mostly just got that gray head with the the metal tubes and looks like he's sort of looking neck He's he's next to a window with bars on it, but he's not looking out the window. He's looking straight down the room. Yep. And now I get to see all the cool weapons that you get to use. A laser pistol, which just looks like a really long lightsaber in this shot. <laughs> That's right. It's not the size of the lightsaber. It's how you use it. We have the Seeker, which it really looks like... Like someone is filming a rap video of a stormtrooper through a fisheye lens. <laughs> That's definitely yeah. what we're seeing here, right? Oh, absolutely. You just absolutely. know that these are the soldier these are the soldiers who are like young. They basically got out of the projects. They're looking to make their big break, thinking they're a big baller, because now they got a gun and a license to use it. So one of them's just like, yo, we gotta send this hollow video to uh to Coruscant. It's gonna be a big break. People are gonna know how ballin' we are. So, like, I mean, yeah. seriously, look at him. It's done through those, like, fisheye lenses that rappers love to use. And just the way this stormtrooper is stunting, he's got, oh, like, yeah, one absolutely. foot, he's got one foot, like, pressed out in front of the other, one hand holding a gun, the other hand, like, up in the air, like, he's, like, throwing dollar bills or just, like, waving to let you know how fly he is. Yeah, and then the, in the next panel, we show what happened to that stormtrooper when he sent that video to Coruscant. <laughs> <laughs> got the flamethrower. Looks like he's getting his ass toasted. Uh, either that or it's a, it, it's either a stormtrooper or it could be a KKK member. Because he's got that pure white helmet going on with just the two eye slits. I mean, if, if the top was just a little bit more pointed. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe it was like a white power rep video. And that's why he's getting appropriately <laughs> dusted by what appears to be a black stormtrooper. Or simply a shadow. <laughs> That's right. The Emperor is like, I'm all about domination, but this is going too far. I, 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 have, I have great tolerance and respect for all people under my divine rule. <laughs> right. I subjugate all people equally. Now you also have a pulse cannon. Where it looks I, can't, like I can't you- see shit. It looks like a thumb holding a, uh, a microchip. It looks like the arm cannon from Megatron uh, going off of the back of the Emperor's chair. 
And like the emperor's got a bubble wand that he's just sort of shooting forward and just admiring <laughs> the pretty little spheres as they float away. Oh my god, it. this is if Luke showed up a minute too early and he's seen the emperor just blowing <laughs> bubbles. He's <laughs> like <laughs> You must take it fun for the simple things in life. <laughs> And then he, and then like he didn't hear the door. He only hears the door closing, and he turns on the. Like, <laughs> Ignore that. You want this, don't you, Luke? <laughs> no, 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 not the lightsaber. Come to the dark side. We have, we have a wands. bouncy. We have a bouncy castle too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's what those uh, guards were doing. <laughs> And they stun her, which appears to be uh, the Red Power Ranger at a disco. <laughs> yes, indeed. And finishing it out, we also have Disruptor, Shield, and Jetpack. Shield is just an hourglass. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't tell what that is. It, it looks like R two D two type patterns in uh, tri you know triangle pointed down. Above a triangle, pointed up. It's like if R two D two like green screened himself onto the back of a black widow. <laughs> oh man! And then the disruptor looks like Dash Randar is fighting a Decepticon. Yeah, but again, uh, at least in the in the screen picture, he looks very pleasant about it. I mean, he looks appropriately grim in the graphic. In the middle of the page, but yeah, you know, I, I see him next to that with the screen cap. Yeah, you know, pleasant smile on his face as he's sitting next to either a Decepticon or the metal skeleton from the Terminator. <laughs> well, what he's doing is just uh, well, it looks like he like fucked it, and that's why he's happy. <laughs> like his droid co-pilot has done his job. Yeah, yeah, the. There's a reason that he's uh, covered up a little bit more in the graphic in the middle of the screen. He, he he's had a uh, he's had his fun. He's ready to put it away. All right, then we move on and we see the Battle of Hoth. Get some nice this, screenshots and some maps. Very basic maps. That was this was a very fun game. I mean, you get to fire your tow cables, blast probe droids. Take down some at ats Overall, this is a great way to start this game. I mean, you get to fight the Empire on Hoth. It's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. And actually reflects the movie. Yeah, and then you get to find out what happened when everyone else... You think everyone was fleeing the Hoth base because the Empire was there? That was just incidental. Apparently, the base was getting... The base was getting overrun by Wampas. <laughs> That's right, this was uh, way in the back of the base. Get behind him, Dash. Sir, do you read me? Scanners indicate there's an ATST guarding the exit from the base. Try to maneuver yourself behind him and blast his head and neck from the rear. Just like what you do with me. <laughs> yeah, and they, we see him coming up behind what has to be the shortest ATSD in the Empire. That, that thing's only like twice as tall as the man there. I know, it's, I still, know. it's they, still larger than the hangar base, so you know that thing was like scooching along. <laughs> that thing was scooching through the tunnels before it finally was able to stand up and go, <laughs> finally some leg room. 
Yeah, and we now know what the Ewoks were doing before they got onto the onto the forest moon of Endor. They were piloting these things. <laughs> Only those guys could fit inside. And then you finally get to the asteroid field. You finally leave Hoth, and boom, space fight. Did you ever play this game? Because I remember playing it and enjoying it quite a bit. No, I'm sorry to say I didn't have the pleasure. It looks like a good game, though. It looks like a lot of fun. How, well, how difficult can... was it? Um, well, 17-year-old Mike was able to beat it, so... All right. Can't have been too hard, then. Right? Did I? Am I, I right? I remember playing it. Did I beat it? Hmm. I don't explicitly remember it that much, but I remember fighting IG-88 at the scrapyard, so... How early can I you get weed in Canada? At least I made it this far. What? How early can you get weed in Canada? <laughs> um, Frank, I guess our ages are uh, 18. Hmm. Well, then you had no excuse. I'm sure you weren't doing anything illicit at that age. No, I was a freaking square. I, I was I was trying to figure out how to get porn on the internet. That's how slow I was. Well, that was still the early years. It was a lot harder then. You had to convince yeah, your friend who had the internet to print out photos that you could put inside your folder to look at in the school library. Try to hide your heart on. You know, I'm pretty sure that most of it was uh, just like snippets from Japanese uh, hentai. Until I realized, wait a second, there's live action porn? <laughs> yeah. Anime porn was just the shit in 1996. Well, yeah, it was a good substitute for the live action stuff, which apparently, like, like took up a lot more hard drive space. Yeah, that's right. This, this was before you, you had to porn on DVDs. You had it on VHS back in those days. Don't ask me yeah. how I know. And then you fight a loader droid, which it looks like it's trying to be Link with the hookshot. Has it got and a crossbow there or some sort of M16? I, <laughs> I He's got like extendo clamp arms. <laughs> well, at least he's, he's got a a nice uh oh, what's that? What's that? God. The the little robot that cleans up the floor for you. Wally? No. A Roomba. Roomba, thank you. He's got two small Roombas for feet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not not their best effort there. All right. But what we do have as a nice effort is a picture of Boba Fett on the next page. He will have replaced his jetpack by the time you reach him at the end of the stage, making him doubly dangerous. And you also have a nice picture of Boba Fett's ship down at the bottom of the page. Slave one. <laughs> because of course it is. Can you imagine if you had a Boba Fett, a badass mercenary of the galaxy, and his ship was the dandelion? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, I'll take your money. I'll go, you know, kill guys. I'll do whatever. But darned if I'm going to do it with a bad attitude. <laughs> I need to have this pr constant reminder that there is prettiness in this life. 
Well, plus, he also wants people to grossly underestimate him. <laughs> and right. plus, it, it triples the humiliation when they say that their ship got grounded by the dandelion. <laughs> That's right. We got chased down. I don't know what, what happened. I thought this ship was fast, but damn it. Just voice over the intercom. This is the dandelion. Prepare <laughs> to be boarded. Oh yeah, that that that's why he should have gone with something really humiliating because it would have been triple humiliating for anyone he beats. That's right. Someone like running and hiding. The dandelions in orbit. The dandelions in orbit. But after uh, this, you get to fight through Beggars Canyon. That's right. We just got off Hoth. Where? What's next? Would you say? Are we going to see Yoda? Are we going to go find the badass motherfucker, Lando Calrusian? Nah, we're going to flash back to Beggar's Canyon. We're going to so, run around the Sarlacc pit. Luke went back there bypass. instead. Yeah. And is he collecting, like, a, a Sam and Max icon? They, uh, yeah, that is. That's Max. If you look at the rabbit icon he's collecting, that's Max from another LucasArts game from <laughs> Sam and Max. Okay. Yeah. No, you're absolutely huh. right. That's fucking cute. That's great. The Starlight Pit seems to be fairly well rendered. Yeah. No, I'm impressed. Pretty good graphics there. We you go feel like you're right inside it. Oh, that would have been great if you actually do go through it. Like, make that part of the race. Oh, jeez. Like you have to blast your way through a Sarlacc. That's right. In an Imperial Freighter Suprosa. This is the one with the robot I was talking about. I skipped ahead. My bad. Oh, okay. Now I got you. Yeah, he's got, like, hook shots for arms. Because apparently mm -hmm. he realized M16s just aren't going to cut it. He learned from IG-88's mistakes. Absolutely. And then the Dianoga in the sewers of the Imperial City. So you're looking at literal turd bugs. God, they remind me. Did, did you ever see Star Trek Voyager? Yeah. There was an ep episode where the crew gets taken over by, the ship rather, gets taken over by a macro virus. These really creepy viruses that keep growing exponentially in size. And eventually go outside the body and drag all the crew together, and the captain has to go commando, you know, going through the ship, hunting them down, and eventually administering a cure to them. I guess you don't remember it, but the drawing there. Particularly. Yeah, the drawings of those uh, creatures, the brown sphere, spheroid shape anyway, with the tentacles coming off in all directions. Very creepy. I'm calling them turdites. Yeah, I could see that. Or uh, potatoes gone bad. It's in a sewer. They're turdites. <laughs> that, that's a good point. <laughs> and then we finally see a, like a Minoc in a maze. You have to fight the gladiator, which looks like it looks like it was modeled off a crash test dummy. Yeah, absolutely. I can't argue it there. You got a combination if uh, Bumblebee fucked a crash test dummy. This this is the love child. <laughs> yeah. 
nice yellow colors mixed with the gray dead look in its eyes and there's more to come but for now show shinkai n64 show and tell oh there's just so many things this is an odd collection of buildings in this insert it's like a warehouse at app it's like the apple headquarters meets the sydney opera house <laughs> that's right or you got some sort of alien ship that's landed in the background or, or a submarine that is beached yeah I, I don't get, get what get they're some, going for there we do get some nice demo inserts like Zelda 64 which as we now know would be Ocarina of Time Earthbound 64 which we do not get motherfuckers mm. Yoshi's Island 64. I don't recall this game coming out. Yoshi's Island. Oh, no, you're right. No, I had no idea. Yeah, no, absolutely, it didn't come out. Star Fox 64 and Kirby's Air Ride. He's got like a backwards cap on because Kirby's now street. (laughs) Yeah, nothing says uh, street cred like uh, a pink... Uh, spheroid with, with a smiley face bouncing through rainbow hoops <laughs> absolutely he, although in the first insert it looks like he's like opened up a cardboard box into a star so he can bust some fresh pop locks on it mm-hmm. so it'd be cool to see how a guy with no knees or arms can just break dance of course being Kirby I bet it would be cute as fuck it, yeah absolutely you just watch him spinning around. Look, look, I'm upside down and I'm spinning. Oh, yeah, and that level of music. Yeah. I always enjoyed that in the Kirby games. Every time you beat a level, Kirby does a little dance and... You know what? Fuck, I don't mind cuteness in a game. No, no. Some of the best games I've ever played, like Yoshi's Island. Cute as fuck. And then the 64 DD has entered the room. Uh-oh, Kirby better be pissed off because the 64 DD has entered. As revolutionary as the N64 is, it will become even more exciting when the 64 DD magnetic disk drive is released. So it erases itself? Because magnets are bad. <laughs> That's right, we haven't really thought this through. If you couldn't tell, we're a little bit flustered here. it's like damn it the sony playstation's taking off and i hear this xbox thing is coming just throw something on top of the n64 please make that work (laughs) uh this is it's a 65 megabit disk drive system demonstrating speed and lack of load time even with action games Did, did this come out in north america or was it simply an asian release I don't remember this at all, but I, I, I've told you before, I, I fell off during the N64 era. I had college roommates that had it, but I never owned one myself, so it could have come out if I, and I wouldn't have known about it. Yeah, my dad got rid of this as soon as I got my PlayStation 4 because he thought, who needs two consoles? Ugh. Painful. Yeah. So I never got around to uh, looking into this. But the PlayStation 1 was enough for me, because as soon as I learned how to pirate that shit, I was flush with games. 
Ah, so you're the reason that Emu Paradise no longer has ROMs. <laughs> oh man, I did some. If I if I had sufficient hard drive space, I could replace Emu Paradise. <laughs> although, the, <laughs> although the size of the expanded RAM has yet to be decided, it will be the same speed of high-speed Rambus RD RAM that is currently used in the N64. And then they talk about a bit more about it, but nothing of sufficient stuff. But like they say, like the Energizer Bunny, Shigeru Miyamoto was unstoppable. His games have ruled the video gaming world for more than a decade, and the magic continues to pour out of Nintendo's entertainment analysis and development group, where Miyamoto oversees dozens of projects. Nintendo Power spoke with Mr. Miyamoto and his colleagues Mr. Tezuka, producer of Yoshi's Island, Mario Kart 64, Yoshi's Island 64. Oh, so two games that came out. And Golden Mr. Kona. <laughs> All three of these talented designers seem very pleased. And then they go and through they a conversation that doesn't really tell us very much, but the big surprise at the Shoshinkai demonstration was the appearance of the jolting pack. That's right. We got the technology that's been available in the bedroom, and we're taking it into the living room. <laughs> what this means right, for players is that they can feel what's happening on the screen depending on what feedback the game is designed to send to the jolting pack because when they realized people enjoyed it on the playstation they realized oh fuck turns out load times are not the turns out load times are not the deal breaker we thought they were yeah. we gotta think of something uh, we got some tech specs on the 64 dd approximately 64 megabits fitting and 81 seconds of a data transfer rate of 81 seconds for 64 megabits compared to 437 over 64 megabits for normal CD-ROMs. Seek time about 75 milliseconds, motor driving time less than 1.9 seconds. I'm not going to get into the dimensions. And yeah, I'm getting bored get with this see, shit. Uh, yeah, we get to see a cartoon anime mouse, probably from some. Uh, uh, what was that guy that did? Uh, the girls delivery service chibi studios i have no idea what you're talking about the little anime lion mouse thing no i see the, the mouse but i had no idea what you're referring to uh you never saw that uh that that uh that anime studio that does like the uh like the cat bus and the uh kiki's delivery service no no it sounds uh too mainstream for my anime taste i i, I prefer the the porn version that we were talking about earlier Right, the little blue girl and Sailor Ball Z. Where Dragon, where Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon finally meet and do what we always wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. Damn straight, baby. How do you think I got those kids that are sitting around making too much noise behind me? <laughs> and so on, we get to see Goemon, which seems to be that uh, 64 game that we liked. Because we get to see the old man with the, uh, with the Mario face and... Uh, uh, appears to be like a bag with a with a bag handle under his nose going behind his head and I don't think that this came out what page are you on? I am on page 29 we've been at this for almost an hour and we've only made it to page 29 <laughs> yeah, we should probably <laughs> this, is a me this is a meaty episode to be fair yeah but to be fair to everyone else we should probably get a move on yeah Let's so see. I guess we'll so we got, yeah, we can, uh, what's that? 
Did you find out if Goemon was released on the N64? No idea. Ah. But they tell us, don't forget the Game Boy and the Super Famicom. Oh my gosh, somebody's still remembering the the, uh, the Super Nintendo? On the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom front worldwide include hits include Donkey Kong Country 2, 3, Street Fighter Alpha 2, Mr. Etoy, the creator of Earthbound, helped Nintendo develop a new bass fishing game that looked great. Although waiting for a nibble at a trade show may not have been the ideal play situation. Hudson Soft unveiled Bomberman 5 in a Bomberman-based shooter game. Enix dusted off Dragon Quest 3 and converted it to 16 bits. Ben Presto brought out Dark Knights 4, a traditional RPG with some strategy elements thrown in. Wouldn't mm. be nice if we got to see some of it. Yeah, this is more of what I would come to expect from uh, Nintendo Power Picks. Orange, orange, and more orange. Go, go, but troublemakers. If you can pick out anything on this screen, I will give you a gold star. This is like the same people. This is like rare when they took some of their properties, like their engine from Donkey Kong 3 and thought, what if we put like gay Power Ranger vampires in it? Yeah, that's a pretty badass little blue flame hero there, isn't it? Well, this one is from Dual Heroes. Yeah. Very good. Well, that seems to wrap up the first third, but I think we got past, hopefully we got past all the stuff and we'll be able to breeze through the next part. But this wraps up our hour. Ivan, where can we find you? So outside of here, playing with power, you can find me on the taste test where I'm going to host with you and hopefully Brandon reviewing games instead of just reviewing the magazines about the games. Indeed, we recently released the the Groundhog Day special. <laughs> That's right. The never-ending lot of fun. It, it was. The never well the, the 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 podcast I had fun with. The game not so much. <laughs> and aside from doing the taste test with you, I also do the graveyard shift horror with Sheldon and Mike where me and Sheldon talk about a horror movie every week. And we are also recently released on Scottish or Internet Radio on RadioHaver.com. So you can check our podcast every Saturday at 11, Greenwich Mean Time. But you can also check out other shows on their network, including the Athenian uh, uh, something society. It's a long title. (laughs) And Fife Club and several musical acts. So you can hear dramas, horrors, music, and just uh, fun discussion shows among our horror critiques. You can also hear me and Rich Reader talk tech stuff on Tech Chatter. And we are recently uh, covering many categories of things at CES, from uh, our favorite uh, discoveries to vehicles to just weird devices. So I got that going on, as well as some other projects that are uh, too uh, too early in development to specifically name, but more Mike podcast stuff is on the way. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. But until then, I'm Mike. And I'm Ivan. And you've been playing with us. Go in.
entertainment system. Now you're playing with 